When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm down on my knees in the dust I scream from the top of my lungs I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel alive Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren I found my way back to a higher ground Good evening, Sydney, and welcome to Higher Ground. Monday, the 14th of June, I'm Chris Warren. I'll be here with you uh, right up until midnight and we'll uh, digest and chat about everything that is rugby league. Love you to get involved with the program as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That's the open line number. There's space there now. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. What about you Bulldogs fans? Hey, happy days today. A big, big win over St. George Illawarra at ANZ Stadium. 28 points to six over the Dragons. And the Dragons, well... They're coming off some pretty good form. Um, makes you shake your head sometimes uh, about the performances a team can put in from week to week. But well done to Canterbury. Really happy for you and Coach Trent Barrett. And uh, that's just your second win of the season by my reckoning. Let's hope there are plenty more to come as well. Uh, reserve grade, though, you had another good win too with Mounties, the feeder club, also beating the Dragons 26-16. And that moves Mounties from, uh, I think, 8th to 5th position in the New South Wales Cup. A little bit later on, we'll chat to uh, Mounties coach Mick Potter, a former Canterbury player as well, um, and an all-round good bloke. Uh, we'll chat to Mick about that. And uh, he had a couple of, well, big names, or at least uh, recognisable names in his team too. Lachlan Lewis and Kyle Flanagan both helped uh, Mounties defeat the Dragons today. If you'd like to send a text, 0457 736 736. That's the text line, 0457 736 736. Boyd Cordner, hey, so it's all over for him. Uh, what a wonderful what a wonderful bloke. I mean, everyone talks about what a great player he is, what a great leader he is. He's always been so humble, hasn't he? Um, and he's had to really come through a number of serious injuries. Never complained about it, not once. Um, but um, uh, repeated concussions, sadly, have brought a premature end to his career. Uh, and I know you join with me, regardless of whether you're a Roosters fan or, or whichever club you follow. Uh, we owe a lot to Boyd Cordner uh, for what he's done for New South Wales, but more so for what he's done for rugby league. A great ambassador for the game, and uh, I know he'll stay in and around the game, that is for sure. I expect he'll probably remain uh, on the books at some stage with the Roosters. In what capacity, I'm not sure. Uh, but Boyd Cordner, thanks, mate, for all the memories, and uh, um, we wish you certainly well in your future. Uh, Queensland, uh, talking of origin, uh, well, they'll be gearing up for origin two, still licking their wounds after being belted in origin one. Where to now for Paul Green? What changes do they make? Um, I mean, where where do they turn? I'll be talking to Steve Wren, a former Queensland, well, not a former Queensland great, a Queensland great, and uh, a Brisbane Broncos great as well. Chatting to Steve, like we do on most Mondays. We'll do that later on tonight as well. Not a great week or five days for Queensland teams uh, after the Maroons got spanked. 
and then also losses for Brisbane, the Cowboys, and the Titans in round 14. Maybe things might turn around for them uh, next weekend. Well, what do you make of the high tackle crackdown? Have the referees relaxed the rules? Are you a little bit confused? Are you more confused today than you were maybe four weeks ago? Again, we're seeing inconsistency from week to week, from referee to referee, from game to game, from incident to incident. I'll be talking to uh, former head of the NRL Match Review Committee and former referee Greg McCallum. He'll join us in the show uh, as well to to sink his teeth into all what's going on. I mean, I think he's even scratching his head. Uh, I do believe they were trying to find a little bit of middle ground. But over the weekend, um, I think there were some, some decisions that, that could have been a lot better. Let's just leave it at that. And we'll talk to Greg and get his opinion. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, uh, but there was certainly one incident at the weekend uh, where a bloke was sent off, a sent off when there's no way in the world uh, that he should have been sent off. As a result, he's just been slapped with a fine. So maybe that's an admission by the NRL that on that occasion they certainly got it wrong. The issue of milking too. I think it's a real blight on the game. I want to get rid of it. We saw more of it today in the Dragons v Bulldogs, and you know what? For many, many years, our game from rugby union fans was the laughing stock because of our scrums. And they, in my opinion, brought our game down. People poking uh, their finger at, at our game and, and, and the way scrums were, were not enforced and, and not competitive. Well, you know what? If we keep going the way we're going with this milking and players diving and trying to fetch a, a penalty... People from other sports will again be laughing at our game. We've got to get rid of it, and we've got to get rid of it now. Love to hear your thoughts on anything related to rugby league, whether it's milking, whether it's the high tackle crackdown, or whether you're just a very happy Canterbury Bulldogs fan tonight. Again, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That's the open line number. There's space there now, or send me a text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to Higher Ground. Great to have your company, Sydney, and it seems as though we were only here a few hours ago with uh, NRL Match Day. Uh, I was in this very chair. Uh, Microphone wasn't swivelling around as much, but uh, that boy over there was uh, opposite me yesterday as well, uh, filling in for NRL Match Day, uh, the mad Russian, and he's been here. He was there watching the game this afternoon, been a busy, busy boy. Um, Dragons, hey? It's quite strange, isn't it? Quite strange. Here we were, right? Here we were just, uh, well, 11 days ago, I think their last match was. They absolutely punished Brisbane Broncos, didn't they? 54 mm. to 26 or something like that. We're all talking about Matt Dufty. Uh, we're all saying, well, my goodness, why are they not re-signing this boy? He scored a couple of tries. He set up another five tries. Uh, and they were the talk of the town, the Dragons, weren't they? And then today they go out there and well and truly beaten. They weren't at the races. No. No, they, they there were no match from Canterbury. They weren't at all. And I find it interesting because over those 11 days, they've had two players, two key players in their spine, told they won't be required next season. Corey Norman. Corey Norman, who Danny Widler broke that story today during the game. Yes. Um, Anthony Griffin was asked about it post-match, confirmed that. And Matt Dufty, before, well, actually before that performance, mm. we found out that he wouldn't be offered a contract no. next season either. Is that a good motivation for players? Oh, clearly not. Clearly not. Uh, but, um, and, and Corey, he obviously has been informed before that match. Yeah. Um, he's on he's on big, big coin, Corey he Norman. He went there from the Eels on, I don't know what it is. I think it's about eight. Mm. 
That's you've got to, you've got to ask, how, how long has he been there now? Is this probably his third year? Third season. It is third? Yeah, there you go. Um, has he really delivered on that 8K, 800K? I, I don't think so. I love Corey Norman. I, well, I certainly loved what he did as a player when he was at Parramatta, and we've seen glimpses of his brilliance at Dragons. But uh, in my in my opinion, um, few and far between. Mm. Few and far between. And um, I, I think they need a, just a total overhaul, the Dragons. It's starting to look like they just need a total roster overhaul. Um, but anyway, look, that's you know, not for me to comment on. I just, is that, uh, is that uh, the uh, thinking, uh, though? I don't know what they're thinking. I really don't. I I got uh, not stones thrown at me, um, but I got. I uh, hope not. No, not quite. Verbal stones thrown at me when I, I I put I suggested the dragons would get the wooden spoon this year, right? Mm. And uh, well, it, it evoked a few nasty calls yes. on the open line, didn't it? From from memory. Yes. No. I just think I just I don't. They're just so inconsistent. I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm not. A, for, for Dragons fans, for Dragons fans, you've got to be scratching your head too. I mean, you got Jack back as well. Um, any major players missing? Who who, who was not there? Uh, uh, they, Tarek Sims Tarek, backed up. He, he backed up. That's the thing. Um, I don't know. You must be scratching your head, Dragons fans. Give us a call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. How are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about it? Um, Corey Norman, not wanted. Good thing, bad thing. You already know Matt Dufty's Gonskis. Good thing, bad thing. I think the overwhelming thought was generally it was a bad thing that Dufty wasn't staying. But did I see a couple of those defensive deficiencies today? Oh, I, was... I, I, I will hold my hand up and say I didn't watch the match in full, but I saw a couple of... Uh, he, it was, but, you know, and it was Matt, and he, he made some poor decisions, and there were two things that are going around on social media where he's just, he's basically let players run yeah. past him. Turnstile. And whilst that's the case, he's also got a team ahead of him who aren't defending very well either. Mm. I think they just need to push everyone out to show everyone to to the right wing where Michele Ravalawa is because he seems the only one on the team at the moment who's willing to really put a shot on someone. Mm, put his body on the line. Exactly. Well, that might be that you know that might be the elephant in the room that um, Anthony Griffin is talking about when you know he says it, he's, he doesn't want to re-sign him. Uh, maybe it just might be that, and we know that uh, Hook is a really defence-oriented coach. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. They're, they're, obviously, it's it's in the you know, initial phases with him. It's his first year as coach at the club, and in terms of yeah, in terms of a, a roster a roster turnover. That doesn't happen overnight. That takes you know a couple, two, three, four, a five-year program. Sometimes, if you do want to, you know, refresh your roster is one thing. Turning it over is is another one. That does take a few years. Um, and we've seen before at clubs, a, a coach will come in, uh, you know, chop up the roster, turn it over, and uh, then he's gone and doesn't get to see um, his own work being fulfilled. I'd love, let's hear from Anthony Griffin because I, he spoke this afternoon after that loss. Uh, one of the issues he touched on was uh, was Corey Norman. Yeah, well, we just had to make a decision on on Corey and um, we gave it a lot of thought and I, I spoke to Corey uh, last week and uh, just let him know that he wouldn't be um, offered a contract and he understood we got some good young halves coming through and um, so... Yeah, he, he's, uh, he understood and, and we move forward. Is that a hard 
Yeah, it is. A, it's a hard one. Everyone's a hard one. Um, you know, Matt Dufty was was a hard decision to make. He's, you know, he's played for this club all his life. So, but um, it's what we think is the best interest for the club going forward to build a list that, um, you know, can bring us sustained success. They're not easy decisions. No, they are not easy decisions, um, and I'm glad I'm not making those decisions. But uh, imagine having to tell a player, you know, one of your highest paid players, uh, listen, uh, Corey, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know me, I'm Anthony. Yeah, I know, yeah, well, I've just arrived here this year, and uh, you know, I like some of the stuff you can do, but um, well, I don't want you here anymore mm. next year. How does that make you feel? I tell you what, before I put my tips in, I wish I bloody knew that Corey Norman had been told that he wasn't wanted next year because that, you know, Mm. However you frame it, that sort of stuff festers, yeah. you know. It's and it can be just like a a plague in a in a dressing room. It was a bit of a theme this week with Sean Johnson as well. We talked about that yesterday. Kicks mm. a winning field goal and says, "Anyone wants a, yeah. a halfback? Hey, I'm ready, baby. Here are you off, well, we're off yeah, contract. Exactly just right. got, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny, isn't it? Now, also out of that match today, not only so that's what, is that their second or third win? Dogs second, only second. Well, they got three, but the, you know, if you count the bye. <laughs> oh, funny, huh? Who's the comedian tonight? Very good. Uh, one other thing coming out of that, a takeaway from that game today, is this, my dear boy. Mm. Do not ever try and frank the form of Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> okay? Dragons pumped them by 50 mm. plus. We're all saying, oh, well, gee, they're in good form. Don't use the Broncos as the benchmark. Okay, because it's a recipe, a recipe for disaster. You're uh, putting a moisturizer on your lips over there. Does that mean you're about to talk, or you're in for a big, big night? That mouth of yours is going to be in overdrive, or been is... in air conditioning since two o'clock. Is that what it is? That's, yeah, it's a rough one. Is that what it is? Yeah. Boyd Cordner is bowing out officially. Um, and I touched on it just earlier in that opener. I did. You know what? What a great player. What a great player. You talk. You talk of the Roosters too, like um, Boyd Cordner now, Jake Friend forced into retirement, HIA. Boyd forced into retirement, HIA. Um, Brett Morris gone, okay, announced retirement, season-ending knee injury. That's a, that's a fair chunk of talent too, isn't it? Lucky they've got players coming through. But for Boyd, it must uh, I can only imagine how difficult that decision must have been to make. And I know he's got medical advice. Um, but you know what? Rewind 12 months. Rewind 12 months. Okay, let, let's say Boyd had suffered four concussions 12 months ago or even the year before that. Mm. Would that force retirement? What I'm saying is it's is it is it now more pronounced given the current climate we're living in um, where the head crackdown and the head injuries are, are so prevalent? And so talked about, and even guiding policy now is uh, head injuries at the forefront of, of almost much of what the NRL and ARL Commission are doing. I'm just wondering if Boyd had a suffered a few concussions two years ago, would that have forced him into retirement? Maybe not. Roosters fans, you obviously know a lot about more about Boyd than I do. Uh, he's been great for your club. He's been great for New South Wales. Um, we're going to send those texts coming through to 0457 
736 736. Uh, that's the text line. If you'd like to talk about uh, Canterbury, about your win tonight, uh, Dragons, about your loss, Roosters fans, about your loss in Boyd Cordner, I'm talking about. Send those texts through 0457 736 736. That is the uh, the the text line. Love you to be inf- involved with the program either via text or on the phone. As I normally say, get off your pain house, pick up the Al Capone, and give us an SG ball. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The open line is now open. Uh, Gavin from Penrith sends us a text. Uh, there's no use um, resign. Oh, okay, re-signing rather, not resign. Re-signing underperforming players for clubs like the Dragons and Tigers who have been ordinary for a number of years now. You need to bring new faces and attitudes to your club. Stop accepting or rewarding mediocrity. Gavin, could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. And if I had a prize for best text of the night, that's in all likelihood going to get it. Why reward mediocrity? Mm. Clubs that have been floating around about mediocrity for years now, like the Dragons, like West Tigers, as I said, you've got to move. It's a tough short-term decision that Anthony Griffin is making there. It is a tough short-term decision, but it's hopefully got long-term um, long-term views associated with it. Again, Roosters fans, get in touch with the program. We're going to uh, we're going to look back on on Boyd Corden and reflect a bit more on his wonderful career uh, after this short break. Join rugby league legend Cameron Smith on SEN. Time to wrap up round 14 and the NRL reached some new point scoring heights with games across the weekend averaging 51 points per game. Yep, 51 per game. Manly got the ball rolling on Bob Fulton tribute night against the Cowboys. It's a little kick through and uh, waiting there was Garrick. Garrick got away from one. He got over the 10. Now he's passing he's 20. Here's a foot race. Can Valentine get him down? Garrick. Here comes Valentine Holmes. 30 metres to go. It's Garrick who's pulling away. And Garrick scores the try. It was Valentine Holmes who he pulled away from. And Valentine is going to stand behind the post for the 15th time in two nights. Can you believe that? Walker. Here's a chase. Still a walker. He got the gap. He's got the bounce. He's got the try. And listen to the crowd at Four Points Park. The Seagulls announcing themselves as dark horses for the Premiership, scoring 50 at the renamed Four Pines Park. Later on Friday, the Sharks took on the Panthers in an instant classic. Where's your man? Where's Moylan? Where's Johnson? Johnson. Who's there? Johnson's there. One pointer. Hits it. Strikes it. Wobbly. Ugly. Over. (laughs) Didn't matter. Worth one. 
And now the Sharkies lead 19-18. Off contract, Sean Johnson kicking the winning field goal. A compelling sales pitch to interested clubs. The Sharks losing an 18-6 lead before claiming the two points. On Super Saturday, the Titans and Roosters played out another thriller on the Gold Coast. Clark's at acting half. Now it comes to Fogarty kicking for Proctor. The ball's got a bounce for Proctor. The ball bounced for Proctor. And can you believe it? The Titans are in front. 32 to 30 with a kick to come. I've seen it, but I can't believe it. Walker's 30 out, right in centre field. Back to him. Strikes it. And he's kicked it from right in front. 35-34 with one minute and five seconds of play remaining. Sam Walker saving the Roosters, who conceded five straight tries in the second half, but managed to break the hearts of a gallant Gold Coast side in the dying stages. The Rabbitohs took on the Knights at Stadium Australia. Reynolds comes through to Marshall, keeps it going. Walker, good hands, burns away to Johnston, who picks up from where he left off before the bye. He grabs the opener for the Rabbitohs. The Knights make a mistake on the kick, and South Sydney have first point. Side and out in Walker, out the back on the right-hand side. They go left instead, and they found a way through to a usual suspect, and Alex Johnston. Little shovel pass from there. Walker comes out the back. Here's Johnston again. He's got yet another hat trick in this fabulous career. In the battle of the two exciting backlines, the Rabbitohs came out on top thanks to a hat-trick from Johnston, the seventh of his career. In the latest game on Saturday, two struggling sides went to battle in freezing Canberra as the Raiders took on the Broncos. After that error before, Simonson, Tomoko. Who looks oh, good. straight through Matt Tomoko. Oh. On it goes to Sam Williams. Oh, Matthew Tomoko. He has got a bit of strength about him. And Sam Williams gets over, and the Raiders hit straight back. Whiten on the run. Away from Asiata, away for another. Goodbye. Jack Whiten, he wanted to join the party. He's been aching to run at the Broncos all night. He's picked his moment, and this lead ballooning now. Errors from the Broncos and a controversial send-off for Kobe Hetherington saw the home side run out 38-16 winners. Sunday started in Gosford, where the Warriors took on the Storm. Grant with his first run, tip on beautifully by Nico Hines to Rima Smith. Beautiful. Out for Dean Aramia. Well, there they are. There's the Melbourne click. There's the form. There's some slick attack for Nuka. Now Hines gets away and kicks for Ado Carr. Oh. Brilliant by Melbourne. Oh. Nico Hines uses the speed of the Fox who pounces on the ball like a runaway chicken and feasts. Despite a Kenny Mamalo hat-trick in his last game for the Warriors, the travelling storm proved too good, capitalising on the Panthers' loss to go top of the Premiership ladder. Then there was a battle at Bankwest between the Eels and the Tigers. They go back, hammering this right-hand side defence for the Tigers. Gutherson cuts through and scores. What a good pass. If they can find a peak set here... The Tigers could possibly hang on Gutherson. Moses! He'll do better than a repeat set. A try from a beautiful kick by Gutherson. Ah, now he's running Moses over the halfway. Support everywhere! He throws the dummy Moses! Goes himself! I love this crowd, Mitchell Moses. And he's 
Berman with pace. The physical game saw both sides have players sent to the sin bin. But the class of Moses and Gutherson was too much for West Tigers. Their first two-game winning streak of the season brought to an end. We got to Queen's birthday football between the Bulldogs and Dragons to finish round 14. They take them all. Oh, he's gone straight through. There are men down. And Jake Avarillo has gone straight through. Wow. Well, Canterbury, a man down, are about to take the lead. Out the back, and here's Avarillo. Gets the pass away to Meany, who backs his speed. Now back into Avarillo. There's a chance for the Bulldogs. He's looking for Hopper. He's not there, Avarillo. Oh, yeah, well, they might hold themselves in the top eight. I haven't even looked at the table, but I'll tell you what, on that performance, they won't be there for very long. The Dragons, no sorry, Dragons fans. Um, but he could see the, the trial line. Out the, the back, and they'll be happy to get tackled here, I think. Uh, oh, no, really Elliot! Elliot shoots the arm down, and Elliot yeah, has a big win over the Broncos. To a big, big win over the Dragons. Turn up a big win indeed so just going through all those just results there. The season, uh, Manly's then thumped the sea, uh, the, the, uh, the Cowboys 50 points to 18. Penrith Panthers went down, so back-to-back defeats for them for the first time in two years. Cronulla beating them 19 points to 18, thanks to that drop goal in the 78th minute by uh, Sean Johnson, who is looking for a contract. Then the three games on Saturday, again a one-pointer. The Roosters, they led the Titans 30 points to four. But then it was a nail-biter, and thankfully, uh, Sam Walker booted them a field goal in the 78th minute, uh, beating the Titans 35-34. A scrappy game, wasn't it? The second one on Saturday. South Sydney 24-10 over Newcastle at Stadium Australia. Uh, Four tries to two. Alex Johnston uh, with three tries. Uh, That's hat-tricks in back-to-back games. And his seventh career hat-trick. 24-10 South Sydney over Newcastle. The Raiders far too good for Brisbane in Canberra. Seven tries to three. Uh, One of the talking points, though, uh, from that was the send-off of Kobe Hetherington. I could not believe it. I was calling that one. Uh, Matt Tomoko, big, big game uh, from him as well. Um, And and the Raiders, is that the turning point? I made the point um, yesterday that going into round 14 last year, they were also playing Brisbane. It was also at GIO Stadium. They also won by about the same score. And then the Raiders went on to win, I think, eight of their next nine games, eventually losing in the minor, uh, the preliminary final. So one game short of the grand final. Um, is the history about to repeat? Uh, is that match there? Um, the corner that the Raiders have turned. They've still got a pretty healthy roster. Don't get me wrong. And, and I really well, I hope they can. Um, string a few wins together. Melbourne Storm, 42-16 over the Warriors in Gosford. An emotional day for one man in particular, Ken Mamalo. And wasn't that just almost poetic that they only scored three tries and all three tries were scored by Kenny Mamalo in his 106th and final game for the New Zealand club. And uh, he is moving on, joining West Tigers for, I believe, next next weekend. Mm-hmm. Big, big pickup for them. And then uh, West Tigers, talking of them, uh, thumped by Parramatta, 40 points to 12. Mitch Moses was everywhere. Yeah, he had a bit of a dust-up, a bit of a run in a verbal stoush with his captain, Clint Gutherson. Uh, they've mended uh, those bridges. Everything's fine. Honky-dory there. Uh, Coach Brad Arthur was even saying, look, they're doing it training too, those two. So nothing to worry about. Um, 40 points to 12, Parramatta over West Tigers. But uh, Mike Acevo, who else? Isaiah Papali, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, looking at some suspensions 
I believe. And then that final game today, as we've just uh, talked about, the Bulldogs, their second win of the season, 28 points to six over the Dragons. Jake Avarillo with two tries. Uh, he booted a few goals as well. So that's uh, the weekend wrap. We were speaking about Boyd Cordner um, and what a great guy he is and what a great player he has been. Uh, what an ambassador he's been for rugby league, both for the Roosters and New South Wales Blues as well. Uh, love the guy. Don't know him very well. I've met him a few times, but uh, just an all-round good fella. And we'll talk more uh, about Boyd Cordner um, throughout the program. And feel free to jump on the line. It doesn't. You don't have to be a Roosters fan. Um, Jim is on the line now. Jim from Canterbury. Uh, good day for you, boys, Jim. Yes. G'day, Chris. Yeah, the Roosters won. I want to congratulate Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend and Brett Morris. Um, I love the speech he gave Boyd Cordner when they said, what do you want to be remembered as? Yeah. And he said, I'm a rooster. That's what I remember. That. And I'm a rooster too. Yeah. Now, I've got a few other points. Uh, Brisbane, uh, they're going bad now. But when they won their comps, Chris, yes. in the 90s and that, was the salary cap in vogue then? Oh, gee, I think there was a, but a shadow of the cap that it is now. What is it now? We're up around the 10 mil mark per club. Yeah. If there was a cap, I reckon it would have been around the 3 mil mark if there yeah. was a cap. I don't think there was, Jim, back in yeah. back in the Broncos' no, heyday. How could oh, they possibly assemble, assemble a team with the greats that they had in that team? Yeah, and the Roosters... To be honest, Chris, we're the only club under the salary cap, I reckon. It's a large cap, though, Jim. Jim, it's a large cap, uh, uh, isn't it? It's a Mexican-type cap, isn't we're it? We're the only honest... I'm telling you, Chris, we're the only honest club. And, Chris, <laughs> Mitchell Moses, he's becoming the new Cameron Smith of the rugby league. He wants to be a referee. Yes. You know, the way he goes on. Yeah, he does. And Mike uh, Oceva, he bust... He, hey, sorry, Chris, he, interrupt. Mike Oceva, hit that Adam Dewey in nose, blood come out. He only gets one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably, you know, that could have almost been a send-off offence. But you know what? Also, Jim, yes. you, you, you've admitted that you're a rooster through and through. I reckon Ben Marshke could have been sent off as well the other night. Yeah, yeah I know. He, mm. When he did that, listen, Chris, when he did that, he made them 12 men. I used that many expletives, and then I had to go to church after the game ended. Well, that's you good know? that you did that. that did, did you send sell yeah. t- 10 Hail Marys? I've got to go to... 10 Our Fathers and he 10 Hail Marys. Thing, ben. I love... Hey, oh, Oh, maybe more, Chris, yeah. Oh, thank God they won that Sam Walker. He's a, oh, I love Sam Walker. No, nah, he's a good kid. He's, he's a good won him a few games, yeah. He is a good kid with a yeah, ma- massive Roosters, we're the, I'm telling you, Chris, we're the only honest club. We're the only one under the salary cap, I'm telling you. Well, you, you can know? believe that, Jim, and I appreciate your call, mate. I love you talking to you, so call in any time. Whether the Roosters are the only club under the cap, I'm not so sure about that. But I do know that with Boyd Cordner uh, being forced into retirement, that will free up around about another $700,000. Uh, well, what that would be per, per year for a couple of years, I would, I would have thought. Um, he, as uh, Jim, our caller, and thanks for calling in, Jim. As he's pointed out then, uh, Boyd has been a wonderful player. And forget the salary cap issue. I don't think any of us really are too concerned about you know, the Roosters cap and what money will be freed up now that Boyd is medically retired. I think we all want uh, only the best for Boyd and uh, we all join in thanking him for what he's given rugby league. Uh, today I'll be announcing that I'll be uh, retiring from, from rugby league. Um, as you all know, the past six months or so has been a really challenging time in my life um, in regards to my head knocks and my health and 
Now, I'm not one stage to ever think I'd be I'll be up here in front of you all today announcing that that this will be it for me. Um, all I ever wanted to do was was to get back and play the game I love, and and most importantly for for the club I love. Um, I'm at a stage now where I'm where I'm doing really well. I'm I'm fine. I've been back at you know training with the with the team full time now for a while, and as you all know, I was getting ready and prepared to play in a couple of weeks' time, and um, all that was all that was going well. I felt really good while I was at training, and um, I was training really hard. Like I said before, it's, it's all I wanted to do when I was at training around the boys, and you know when footy was on, that's that's what I was thinking, and. But away from footy, um, when I was at home, it was sort of a, a different story for me. Um, you know, I was uh, felt felt you know a different way, and um, I knew that's a that's a natural feeling to come off you know what I experienced at the end of last year. Um, it was it was like my heart was was telling me that I that I wanted to play on, and you know I was doing everything I possibly could, but uh, my mind and and, and my head was was telling me otherwise. It was dragging me the other way. And you know, the harder I tried, and the, the more it just it, it, they just didn't align at the end of the day. And um, without of respect for how hard the game of rugby league is, and and with with respect to my teammates and the club, and especially myself, I knew that you know the longer I left it. Um, and I didn't, you know, make this decision. The more likelihood I was going to play, and if that was the case, it would have been me physically probably prepared, but mentally just crossing my fingers. And you know, I don't think you know that was safe at all. And uh, for once in my life and my career, I, I had to put my my health and and my happiness first. And you know, it was an extremely tough decision for me to make. It would have been. You can hear in his voice how hard it was for Boyd Cordner, and you try and put yourself in his shoes, and, and you can't really, you know, can you? Unless you've you've walked in those shoes. Um, but a real warrior, a real warrior, and uh, a great leader. His coach, his coach, always points to the fact he's a he's a wonderful leader, whether on or off off the pitch. Is Boyd Cordner, and just having him around the place, you can you know you, you get such a a good rub-off effect knowing that Boyd is there. Well, he won't be there anymore in terms of being a player. Um, but again, I, I say thank you, Boyd, to everything you, you've given the club and, and the game of rugby league. A real warrior and uh, you will be remembered as, as one of one of the greats. But he's right. You've you got to put... At the end of the day, yes, it's a highly paid professional sport, but it is also a game. And nothing is more important than your health at the end of the day. Nothing. That's your greatest asset is your health. Um, yeah, along with that, a bit of money helps as well, doesn't it? Some good friends, that also helps. Uh, but you've you, you got to put your health up there as the number one priority. So, um, again, uh, Boyd, I wish you well. Now, we're going to chat to uh, the judge, Greg McCallum, after the break. Uh, he's uh, going to get call in and we'll have a chat to him. There's been plenty happening over the weekend. Oh, I'm still scratching my head with about a few decisions uh, from the referees, from the officials. I've said over the past week or two, I've I've thought that um, the officials were maybe relaxing the rules uh, from, say, four weeks ago, from Magic Weekend, where they, they policed them ever so vigilantly. 
I think they got a few things wrong there. There was the outcry. Do you remember? Switchboards were lighting up. People were calling in uh, all sorts of radio stations, us here as well, complaining. Uh, then they shifted a little bit, became a little bit more lenient. I think they were receptive to some of the feedback that you can't just get um, keep setting players off for sort of accidental things. Uh, then they'll sort of criticise for that, for uh, you know, weakening their stance. And now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure how they're thinking. I think it's still the case a, a few referees um, need to come together and get on the same page. And you know, uh, it's an adjustment thing. It's going to take time. I think we're getting there. But at the weekend, there are a few things that you know, I don't think we like too much. So I'm going to chat to Greg McCallum uh, very shortly about how he saw uh, today's game as well and, uh, and things that have happened over round 14. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Yes, order indeed. That time of the week where we uh, we talk to the judge, our official higher ground judge. Uh, well, we've appointed him that anyway. Uh, Greg McCallum, former NRL referee and uh, former head of the match review committee as well. Greg, thanks for joining us, mate. How you been? Chris, I've been wonderful. Been a, a nice long weekend and looking forward to having a chat with you guys now. Beautiful and great to have you on. I do appreciate it. Uh, look, it, it appeared over the past couple of weeks that maybe... Maybe uh, the NRL had had re- relaxed uh, the high tackle crackdown a little bit and found a bit of middle ground. But again, after round 14 matches, um, I think some of us are as confused as ever. Yeah, I think um, what the referees are finding at the moment is I think they're trying to um, not manipulate, but to try and find a, a level that they can operate at that they feel comfortable with. But I don't know whether they're all on the same page, as we've said many times before, or that they're completely understanding uh, the desire and the drive from uh, the top of the game, the commission and Peter Volandis, to rid the game of these high tackles. Um, that's their section of it, of course. But the other section is that the players... Um, some of them have got the message quite clearly, but other players I've watched in the last couple of days are still first contact and first aim is around the shoulders. So they're going to make contact with their head, aren't they, Chris? You know, if they mm. continue to aim at the shoulders, that's where the contact will be. Mm. Well, we saw Mike Acevo uh, yesterday. Uh, he's facing suspension. Um, that was a clear, a clear swinging arm. So obviously the lessons, uh, maybe the message isn't sinking into some of them. Um, but again, I'm seeing some inconsistencies from uh, day to day, from game to game, from referee yeah. to referee. If we go back and look at that Roosters-Titans match, for example, Kevin Proctor, um, a high shot on Joey Manu. Now, he, I think he's facing a one- or a two-week suspension. Yeah. But he wasn't sin-binned, okay? He wasn't sin-binned. Um, then you've got another match, which I called the Raiders and Broncos game. And Kobe Hetherington... Okay, uh, a shoulder, a high shot to the head of uh, Corey Harawira Naira. And uh, he was sent off, sent from the field, yet he's not facing any suspension, just a fine. That would say to me that it's an admission from the NRL that, that he should not have been sent off. Yeah, and I think this traces it back to um, Origin uh, last week where um, Kyle felt, in my view, should have been sent to the sin bin, but wasn't. 
Um, and then you've got the incident yesterday, which I thought was the worst of the lot. But And I'll explain why I think the issue is happening. Ben Marske, um, he's high tackle on a kicker on um, Fogarty. Yes. Um, and to me, that's a send-off in any regime or any circumstance where you leave the ground mm. late on a kicker and hit him with your elbow. Mm. And where I think the problem is at the moment, I think there is a, a feeling amongst the referees that force is playing a major part. And because there was only minimal force in the elbow making contact with the head, mm. I don't think they ruled correctly on that one. Whereas the one where Hetherington was sent from the field, there was a significant force in that, mm. even though there were elements of the the um, contact which wouldn't normally lead to a send-off. So I think there is this feeling at the moment that the bunker, the referees, are making judgments more on the force that takes place rather than the incident itself. Well, yeah, and it's a tricky one, and, and I think that sparked Trent Robinson's... Um uh, comments he made in the press conference after his team uh, got out of jail against against the Titans, and he's saying that you know the referees, and, and this leads to another another issue with this high high tackle crackdown. It's two pronged. It's causing inconsistency and some. Uh, obviously, we've just spoken about that, but then it moves on to this milking or, or players trying to play for a penalty and, and staying down. Now Joey Manu didn't stay down. To his credit, he got up. And the referee is saying that, that Proctor wasn't sin-binned because Manu didn't appear injured and he got straight to his feet. And I think Trent Robinson had took issue with that, saying, look, is that the message that you're trying to send players? Do you want them to stay down or not? So, so now we've got this milking issue, and I saw some comments from you today in the paper and also by Cooper Cronk suggesting that any players maybe that uh, appear to be milking uh, be placed on report. That's something you, you feel quite strongly about. Absolutely. I feel strongly about it, Chris, because the, the game for, for the last four weeks since Magic Round has been under pressure to um, rid the game of high contact. That's a significant action by them. Nothing is worse than that activity taking place or that project being undertaken uh, for the health and safety of the games and the players themselves are turning it into a bit of a farce by grabbing their head, grabbing their neck. Four weeks ago, they didn't do that, but they're doing it all the time now. So you've got to consider that that's part of the tactic to draw the attention of the match official or the bunker, um, and the bunker's playing a bigger part than ever in picking these incidents up. And I don't think it's a good thing. And I agree with um, Graham Annesley's comments um, as well. But look, referees aren't doctors, but I'm not suggesting the referee in the player, I'm suggesting he puts it on report, draws attention of the match review committee, mm. and there are rules in the game, putting the game into disrepute, which the player can be charged with. Mm. And I, I think the moment you put someone on report, that'll finish it. There won't be any more of that going on. There are a number of incidents again in today's game, Dragons and Bulldogs. You know, if, if you, it's, a, it's a real blight on the game. I know we had the sort of gentleman's mm. agreement in origin, but I'd love that to extend to the NRL games as well. My my only issue, you uh, you want to put them on report. Um, how do you prove? How do you prove what sort of symptoms they were feeling? Well, you observation would be one good thing. The the guy that uh, Dury, I think it was today, complaining 
but he was hit high. Two tackles later, he hooked the ball up with great gusto. So I would suggest that he probably wasn't hurt. Yet, um, sure, he was hit high, but he wasn't hurt, I don't think. Um, the match review committee can do all sorts of things in, in coming up with a charge or investigating. They could seek medical records. They could get um, expert opinion. We've got to do something because one of the worst things in the game of rugby league, that, and, and it's the thing that separates it from other sports, and I won't name the sports, but the feigning of injury is something that is so foreign to rugby league. And unfortunately at the moment, what's happening in the game is starting to produce those sort of reactions by players on the field. It's most unprofessional. Yeah, we want to get rid of it. I want to stamp it right out. I hate, hate, hate it. I really do. With a capital H. Well, I heard Paul Gallen, and he, he's he been suggesting for a while, what about if anyone goes down, uh, you know, suggesting that they've been uh, hit high and they go down, whether they're feigning or, or trying to milk or not, immediately they must be sent off for a HIA. What do you think about that, that one? Well, well, if it keeps going the way it's going, I'd support that because I think um, we can't allow... Um, the referees be put under more pressure than they're under anyway um, in having to be um, quickly make medical assessments. If a player is down and appears hurt, well, sure, take him off. I, I hope we don't need to get to that, but it, it's uh, something that we could consider in the future because, again, it's the look that does as much damage to the game as anything else that happens. We saw uh, Josh Jackson sent to the bin today. Uh, repeated infringements. Oh. <laughs> um, referee uh, Jared Sutton. Yes, was it Jared? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was Jared Sutton. Yeah, I I don't know about that, Chris. I I'm confused. Um, there was a bit of a running battle between the referee and the St George players for repeated infringements, and I think he'd signal a number of um, repeated sets of six down the end of the field, and then it came down to the uh, other end of the field, and um, all of a sudden, Josh Jackson, who rushes up um, normally would be a penalty kick, gets sent to the sim bin. I, I don't know whether something has happened there in the thought processes, but it was a very unusual decision to see him sent to the sim bin without warnings, um, other than the fact that the referee probably indicated that he was offside. But that's not a professional foul either. So, again, I, I just feel a bit confused by how that happened. As Josh Jackson did, by the same token. Well, if you're confused, confused. if you're confused, you can understand why Josh might be confused, and uh, everyone a bit confused on that one. Uh, uh, Jared, though, he he refereed Origin One. How do you think he went there? I thought he refereed well. I thought it was, and I thought the players did the right thing too. Apart from those two incidents, um, although I'll speak at the end of this little segment uh, about one player I'm really concerned about. Um, the players did the right thing. You know, I think the players um, went into tackle. Look, the game probably fell away a little bit. There wasn't that repeated uh, intensity that you get in sets of tackles uh, because New South Wales got on top. But the one thing that concerns me is the behaviour of Cameron Munster. I was just going to ask you um, that player, would his initials be CM? And you've just confirmed that they are. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because I, I, I see, again, um, a player of great ability who doesn't really have a, a PR bone in his body because all he's doing is turning people against him. And and what happens is that he, his ability on the field will, will get eroded by the behaviour that he exhibits, you know. On three occasions now, once in a grand final and twice in the last, what, four or five days, he's lashed out with his foot. Um, copped a fine 
on both occasions. I, I would have thought I would have whacked him with a higher grade um, because repeated infringements is part of the, the code punishment. Um, I think he's very, very lucky boy not to have been charged and, and facing a suspension. Well, his coach, even his coach Craig Bellamy, is, is suggesting he needs to rein it in. He needs to get it out of his game because I agree with you. Cameron Munster, he's a... He's an enormous talent, and we love the way he plays, but you're right, um, some of his antics there are, are taking the gloss off what, what we should be yeah. talking about. Yeah, and he's the one player, Chris, that could turn things around for Queensland. Let's hope he, not. He's the one player. He's a real footballer, that's right, but he's a real footballer. But why do why carry on this way? It's, it's almost like petulance. that you know He doesn't like to be tackled, and he, he wants to show that he's in charge of the situation, but Kicking and lashing out with your feet has never been part of rugby. No, it seems to get to him when he's under a bit of pressure. That's his go-to mm. card. All right, don't worry about those Queenslanders, Greg. Let them worry about their own problems. All right, we'll just <laughs> we'll just we'll just do what we can to keep on winning. Thanks for joining us, champ. I appreciate that, and we'll do it again next week if that's okay. My pleasure. Always always good to talk to you. Great stuff. There is Greg McCallum. And uh, now, listen, if you happen to be getting married, Greg McCallum these days is a marriage celebrant. Just Google that, Greg McCallum, marriage celebrant, and he might be waiting down the end of the aisle and, uh, well, give you away or, or make your nuptials become formal. Greg McCallum is uh, the judge here on Higher Ground, but in his spare time, he's uh, getting people married. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Higher Ground indeed, uh, 10 o'clock exactly on the dot. We're here until uh, just a shade before... Shade before midnight. So um, thanks for joining us. Hope you're enjoying the show. We talk all things rugby league. Uh, sometimes we talk uh, a little bit of rubbish as well. And uh, the Mad Russians over here just uh, turning uh, a couple of knobs. Good. Nice. Well done. Well done. On the microphone. Uh, good boy. Thank you for that. Uh, 0457-736-736. That is the text line. Or if you'd like to jump on the phone, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy one three hundred. 011170. Uh, topics of the night, really. I mean, the inconsistencies in referees' rulings, what might have been a send off or a sin bin a few weeks ago. Over the weekend, there were a couple of incidents that weren't sin bin. So, has the policy changed? There also uh, one glaring incident over the weekend that was a send off offence, uh, but uh, in hindsight, uh, no, it wasn't. He's not even facing suspension, the player they sent off. He's been slapped with a $1,000 fine, I believe. He's the Broncos' uh, replacement hooker, Kobe Hetherington. What about players milking penalties? I hate the sight of it. It's creeping in more and more each week. And funnily enough, it's all started creeping in after the high tackle crackdown. Players are uh, flaunting or flouting the rules uh, to get their team an advantage, hoping to get a, a penalty or maybe even have a player sent off. However, the incident with uh, Kevin Proctor and Joey Manu, and I've got a text here from Jace. Uh, he says with uh, the Joey Manu Proctor matter, uh, also involved is the mate element. Keep in mind, both are Kiwi reps and clearly good mates. So that's probably why Joey Manu got straight to his feet. And that's why the referee said, no, I'm not sending you off, Kevin, because there appears to be no damage and uh, your mate got straight to his feet. We've got to get rid of it, okay? We've got to somehow come up with a system um, that penalises and penalises harshly any player who is uh, deemed to have um, tried to milk for a penalty. I don't know how we do it. Maybe you've got some ideas out there. Uh, on the line now, uh, Sophie from Northern Beaches. Hi, Sophie. 
Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Hope you're enjoying the show. Northern Beaches, good part of the world. I suppose you're a manly, <laughs> you're a manly fan then? Uh, actually, I'm not. I did go to Manly High, but I'm a very, oh. very big West Tigers fan. How did that happen? Um, my dad was a Western Suburbs Bagpipes fan um, back in the day, and then I was brought up as a, as a West supporter too, so you can imagine... The abuse I copped in high school. Absolutely. Fibros against the silver tail. So hang on, your dad exactly. Your dad was a Magpies fan. How old's your dad? He is 54. Okay, so he was a Magpies yeah. fan back in the day. All right, all right. That's right. Well, I used to pull on a Magpies jersey back well, back in the day, many, many moons ago. <laughs> so you're a West Tigers fan. Okay, well, well, pretty ordinary yesterday from your boys, firstly. Yes. I had hoped for a little bit more from them, um, but I mean, beating Penrith the week before was pretty good. So I guess we have something to cling on to there. Yeah, and I but, guess Sophie, you're yeah. sort of your, you know, your, um, you've come to expect a bit of inconsistency from your team over the past decade, I imagine. Yes, it's been a long time between drinks for our premierships, so I'm pretty used to it. But at the same time, it would be good to see a little bit more improvement from the boys. Mm. You got an opinion on the high high tackle crackdown or anything else, uh, the refereeing or inconsistency? I, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Um, particularly concerning the sin bin of Sean Bloor for the, I believe it was professional foul on, on Joey Lussick. Yes. Um, look, I understand that that's not, shouldn't be a part of the game. I understand that's not on and it should have attracted a penalty. But mm. considering um, a little bit later the contact by Mike Acevo on Adam Dewey, which concussed in the poor bloke, his mm. nose was bleeding before he hit the ground. Yeah. And it was the same, you know, it was the same um, punishment for same, that. Same punishment, and yeah. I under- yeah, and I understand that um, he is facing judiciary penalties and suspensions, but that doesn't actually change the game when it happens. Like, that's no use to us now if he mm. does get suspended. Yeah. No, I take your point, So Thanks for the call, too. Uh, call anytime. Sophie from the Northern Beach. It's always good when a... Um, a lady rings in and Sophie sound, I didn't ask you, they never ask a lady her age, but she sounded one of our younger listeners, which is great. Uh, but uh, taking her point, Sean Bloor, he was sin binned yesterday for oh, an incident, incidental contact. Mm-hmm. It was deemed a professional foul on Lusick. Um, to be honest with you, I, look, I think it's got to be a blatant professional foul for someone to be sent to the sin bin. Mm. I, they've, I, they've tightened up on that as well. We saw the one with Garrett Sutton today and I know it's Josh Jackson. With the Josh Jackson one. Yeah. Well, you know, they're well, 40 metres out from their line, and he's not, you know, he's obviously had a word with him. So that's not a professional foul. That one's for, repeat, for repeat re- infringements, repeated infringements, which they can use the bin for. But with the professional foul, okay, look, I get it. Um, and what that caller, Sophie, was saying is, okay, so Mike Acevo went to the bin for 10 minutes mm. uh, for almost decapitating Adam Dewey, um, and Sean Bloor went to the bin for 10 minutes for something, you know, At which a was a crucial point in the game too. Absolutely. So the, the, the West Tigers were down, were down a man for that. Okay. Well, look, sorry, but that's the way it is. 10 minutes, professional foul, you get 10 in the bin, regardless of, of how severe or how obvious it might be. That's the rule. 10 in the bin for a professional foul. And uh, these days, as we know, high contact is now the bin is going to be used more often uh, for high contact. And Mike Acevo, uh, you know, he could have even been sent off, possibly. But he will now be facing, I think, one or two weeks on the sidelines, Mike Acevo. And the Eels, more than likely, I believe, will be – we'll go through that a little bit later, um, what the charge sheet looks like. But Isaiah Papali also is uh, looking at spending time on the sidelines.
It's coming up to 10 past 10 o'clock. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hope you're enjoying your Monday evening. We're here from 9 till midnight on a Monday. We're here on a Wednesday night as well. And Friday night, I'm back on a Sunday, 12 midday till 3 o'clock for NRL Match Day. Uh, as always, love you to get involved in the program, whether it be by sending us a text. Uh, you can do that 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. Or if you want to jump on the open line, there is space on the open line now. 1300 01 1170. 1300 01 1170. Uh, like that young lady uh, just uh, earlier, West Tigers fan, although she lives on the northern beaches. Um, she's got concerns with uh, a referee dishing out um, a player, uh, Sean Bloor, being sent to the sin bin for a professional foul, which uh, some people think he shouldn't have been sent to the sin bin for. And then uh, Mike Acebo also copping the same punishment, 10 in the bin, for almost taking a player's head off. And I guess you can understand where uh, a fan might be coming from. What? Those penalties both uh, received the same punishment. Yeah. In the match, yes, they do. However, Micah will be uh, also faced with uh, more stiff or stern punishment because he'll, I think he's facing a one or a two week um, suspension. Isaiah Papali also uh, facing suspension. I'll go through that charge set a little bit later on as well. Why don't I do it now? Because it's yeah. right in front of me. Is that okay with you over there? Go for it. Were you just yawning? No, no, no. Jeez, I hope it wasn't I'm clearing my throat. The, the content or the company no, that's never. making it. You're clearing your throat. Yeah, yeah. My God. Odd way of clearing your throat. Uh, righto, let's look at the charge seat from round 14. Uh, Roosters hooker Ben Marshke and Titans back rower Kevin Proctor have accepted suspensions. Oh, okay, right, they've accepted them. Early guilty pleas to charges uh, from uh, the match at the weekend, uh, the Roosters and the Titans match. So Marshke will miss two weeks uh, for dangerous contact. That was to, oh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, now you've got me guessing to Fogarty or Fogarty, however you want to pronounce it. Elbow to the head on a kick up. No, 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 no. Mm. Can't do it. And as you just heard earlier on, actually, um, Greg McCallum, he thinks he, he could well have been sent off. Sent off, yeah. Not sin bin, but sent off. Um so lucky there for, for, for Marshke, but he will cop two weeks. What else have we got? Jared Warrior Hargreaves uh, and Mitchell Barnett uh, off to the judiciary tomorrow. Yeah, Tuesday night, the, the cases will be heard. Other pleas announced today, uh, Penrith hooker Appy Corusau and Broncos forward uh, Kobe Hetherington have accepted fines uh, for Grade 1 offences. And five players have until midday tomorrow to enter their pleas following a review of uh, yesterday's matches. As we've said, Eels winger Mike Acevo facing a one-week ban for a high tackle on uh, Adam Dewey. And Tom Amone, uh, Cameron Munster, Isaiah Papali and Luke Brooks uh, are looking at fines. Now, Cameron Munster, uh, he's got very kick-happy, hasn't he? He's got very kick-happy. And again, um, Greg McCallum was, was touching on that. He runs the risk and the danger of really... Um, losing popularity. Mm. Um, Melbourne Storm players, a anyway, are pretty um, unpopular uh, outside of Victoria as a general rule. Um, and outside of Queensland, uh, Cameron Munster is generally pretty unpopular. But you know, what he's been doing the last, uh, you know, the last week or so, but it's been in his game for a couple of years, needs to get it out. Get, great, scores. great player. Great. One of the modern, one of the best players we've got in the game. But get that sh stuff out of your game, Cameron Munster. You don't need me to tell you that. You know that. It's, I mean, there's nothing 
you're not trying to hurt anyone, but just it's a bit of a, it's a dirty look. It's not a good look, you know, um, kicking with whatever force, just uh, it's, it's no good for you or, or for anyone. So I'm sure, look, I'm sure he will. Even his coach, Craig Bellamy, mm. was saying he's he's just got to have a, a good look at it and, and remove it. Uh, from his game. We have a segment uh, called Wood Duck of the Week. <laughs> and it's not really the awards you want to win each week. It's not like winning the Dally M three points each week or the Rocket Man three points each week, which we'll get to later on, actually. Uh, before we go to Wood Duck, I'd like to ask our, our listeners out there too. Um, nominate your Rocket Man points. Each Monday we give out three, two, and one. Just the three, two, and one. So three players out of the eight matches, all right? Three, two, and one. The best, then two, and then one. Uh, Rocketman, send those texts through if you can. We'll give you a collated table of where we're up to uh, with the Rocketman standings. 0457 736 736. Love to get some points from our listeners and see if uh, that sways my way of thinking when I give out my three, two, and one a little bit later on in the show. And as we said, with Rocketman, uh, that's our equivalent, or even better, it surpasses really Dally M Awards. It surpasses anything the AFL's got to dish up as well. Rocket Man will be uh, end of season award, and uh, Elton John, who sings Rocket Man, will we, we believe will be coming into the studio uh, with the the prize, which is a bronze Elton John statue. Elton holding his holding his students couple of students, okay? So that will be given out at the end of the year. But uh, listeners, three, two, and one, if you don't mind, 0457 736 736. That's for Rocketman, and we'll go through the Rocketman points later in the show. We're here until the shade until midnight. So we were talking again. We give out a Goose of the Week award. Well, not a goose, a wood duck. Wood duck. When I was playing, it was Goose of the Week. And we had to wear a pink shirt for the whole week. A pink singlet, actually. Ooh. Pink singlet right through winter for See, the whole week. Worse. Out no, at Campbelltown. I don't care about the big pink bit. The, the no, no, but this was through winter. Yeah, but this was uh, it was the eighties. This was twenty. This was thirty years ago, right? Okay, you down upon probably was not fashionista. No, there was a little bit more. I don't know. You were seen to be maybe a little bit um, effeminate, if that's mm. the right word. If you wore pink. Um, yeah, lady, uh, in, in the middle of a bunch of, you know, macho footballers yes. out there in the freezing cold um, Campbelltown Stadium, mm. middle of winter, wearing a pink singlet with Goose of the Week on it. We have Wood Duck of the Week and that mask, get that mask out there so we can show the listeners. Yep, that one there. That's it. Uh, we'll show them. Lift it up so they can see it. <laughs> that, that's it. Now, that's it. So that's that's it. Uh, it looks stupid. looks hideous. Uh, Daffy Duck. And it's sort of a, a crimson type colour. It's more hair with, on it than I thought there was. It's not supposed to be hair on it. Well, it's like a. Who wore it last week? Maybe it's his hair. Ooh. It shouldn't have come back like that, did it? You Get, gave it Dane Laurie. It's Dane. It's it's black hair. It's it Dane's, hair. Dane's hair. Why did I give it to Dane Laurie last week? What did Staging. he do? Staging. Huh? Oh, he, he took a dive. Yeah, remember? We had he a big did. argument about it. Yes. Well, I, I brush things under the carpet. We don't, don't call them arguments. We chat. We a debate. debate. Yes, we debate, sorry, okay? Sorry. Robust. Mm. Robust debate. It's not an argument. I disagreed with you. He got the award, but he shouldn't return it. So this comes back each week, the Wood Duck uh, mask. We will sleep. And it shouldn't have hair on it. It's done an addition. Well, it's... Got gold flake and glitter and stuff on it, but it shouldn't have any hair on it. Mm. Did it come back through the COVID protocols when it came back into the building? Uh, I washed Cleansed? It, if that's what you mean. Have you been wearing it? 
No, I've been washing it. That's gross. And what about the mask? <laughs> okay, so right, okay, we're just gonna have to get rid of that hair because mm. when when we send this out to the next person, what if they're a blondie or or whatever? Mm. So this goes to someone that's done something pretty stupid during the week, in our opinion, and where they get the Wood Duck of the Week award, we send this mask off. We'll clean it first because that looks gross, and um, then they have an answer. They can give us a call if they think they're being hard done by, or they can choose to wear it for the week at their club. It could be an official, could be a player, could be a supporter. Could be someone in the media. Could be me. I've won it before. You've won it before. I have won it before. Dane Laurie won it last week for staging. So this week for our Wood Duck of the Week, I believe we've got four nominations, four nominees, yes. four nominees. One of them, uh, one of them is uh, Hamoli Olakawatu, Manly's back rower. Terrific game on Friday. He did have. He scored a couple of meat pies, a couple of garlos. Uh, he only made his debut uh, last year or the year before, mm. uh, Hamoli Olakawatu. Now, I was at the game on the hill, and I thought he had an outstanding game, but I missed what he did that you you say was a little bit uh, silly. Oh, the try celebration. So he's he's gone up. Well, what's wrong with that? He's taken that catch, and he's put the ball down. Mm. His teammates have got around him. He's gone to do the old chuck the ball into the crowd. Yeah. He's completely stuffed that up, thrown it to the side instead. I think he nearly took Brad Parker's head off. Oh. As he was coming in to celebrate, and then he's he sort the of looked grenade, at him. Was he? <laughs> it wasn't the Brian Fletcher, and he sort of turns around and, oh, I've scored. What do I do now? It was very <laughs> amusing to watch. If you got access to Kyo or you know any of the Manly fan sites, go yeah. and have a look. It's absolutely hilarious. And Wood well, he doesn't score. Oh, okay, that's a bit hard. He doesn't score many. Oh, but that's the spirit of the award. Don't you give him a bit of leeway? He doesn't score many tries, so he forgot to sell. He didn't know how to celebrate. I wouldn't know how to celebrate either. <laughs> I scored about four in my life. Okay, Hamoli Olakawatu. So I was there at that match on the hill. and um, Bob Fulton tribute night. Yes, yes, yes. I took my, little, my two boys there yeah. and we had, we had a great time. But I got it. Uh, oh, I'll give another wood duck of the week. Whoever sets the prices at the uh, at Brookvale <laughs> at Oval Brookie, at Four yeah. Pines Park, the prices. Mate, it was just, it was robbery. I needed to it maintain was, I was going to say right. <laughs> It was uh, not highway robbery. It was hill robbery. Yeah. Robbery on the hill. How good's the line? $8.50 was the cheapest yeah. can of beer I could buy. Mm. Eight fifty. Four pints. No, yeah, it was. Four pints. But that was the cheapest. A yeah. can, by the yeah. way. 300 and what are they? 375 mil. Eight fifty. Mm. Um, a chip on a stick. Oh, there. That's a joke of a food in the first place. For the kids. Uh, chips on a stick. What a. No, one chip. One long curly one. Chip oh, on a stick. What a rort. Ten bucks. Yeah, that is that is a rort. That. Okay, what about a really small serve of nachos? Ooh. That I can only carry one little small serve because I've oh, got three be, drinks. You're a bank My kids, weight. soft drink. I'm trying to think. Bank West, I think that's about 11, 12 bucks. 18 <laughs> Eight, So here go. we go. 8.50 for my can. 8.50 for my can of beer. Yep. Yep. Oh, and I've got to go to another. So I've lined up for 25 minutes for yep. the can, right? So it's gone, actually. It's almost gone by the time I go down to the food aisle. Yep. Yep. The kids wanted a pie, and they actually did sell pies. They did No, they, they did sell pies at the beer outlet, mm. which I waited for 20 minutes to get my beer, which was eight fifty. I said, can I have a couple of those pies too, love? Oh, no, they're cold. Oh, you're kidding. They weren't Garlow's pies. If they were Garlow's pies, they would have been steaming hot, <laughs> thin on top and, you know, beautiful. But no, so I've had to go down to another food outlet after I've waited for 25 minutes yeah. for my beer 
So now I, I, I look past the chip on the stick at 10, 10 bucks and no. So I go the uh, the nachos, 18.50. Mm. So now it's 8.50 for my beer, 18.50 for the mar- nachos. Well, I've got to take a couple of drinks back for the kids. Can of Sprite. Yeah. Ooh. Six, seven, seven dollar areas. Yeah, six fifty. Yeah. Or well, six, six fifty. Yeah. Right. So that's, so that's thirteen for the soft drink for the kids. Yeah. Eighteen fifty. What's that? Thirty-two fifty plus mine. Uh, Forty-one bucks. Done. One beer, and I got about three corn chips. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Why do people stay home? Well, luckily, I didn't pay for the tickets to get in. Yeah. Why do people stay home? Well, that seems to see Manly manage well, Brookvale Oval manage. Oh, I'm not going to pin this on Stephen Humphreys. He's a mate of mine. But Stephen, you've got to call in the food and beverage manager. Not road, not hill, not not highway robbery. It was Brookie Hill robbery. Goodness me! So there's another well, there's another nomination. Contender. Okay, three. More, but I haven't got more. I haven't got his name. Yeah. But we we'll just send it to Manly. They'll find it'll find us. Okay, Cuzzo. I know Cuzzo, the media manager. Yeah. Put it on to him. Oh, it's not his Get him fault. to flick it through. <laughs> you can send it to him. I don't want to send it to Mr. Humphreys, but it needs to be looked at. Goodness me. Because you hit the nail on the head. Why do you think people are staying away? Why do people stay away? Exactly 6,000 right. turned up. Yeah. 6,000. Yeah. But I was going to say, my link back to Olukawatu mm. or Homoli Olukawatau. I call it Olukawatu. So he's got a new nickname. And I got it sort of going on the hill. Yeah. yeah. Guacamole. Oh, Holy guacamole. Yeah, very good. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no, anyway. Anyway, so back to him. So he failed to celebrate correctly. Yes. No, so that's, that's hardly. Crime. I think the food and beverage manager should be well above him. <laughs> that Brookie. Put him there. Hmm? Put him there. He's going there next week because I, I want to find out his name. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go searching for him. Okay. Yeah? There we go. Right. So that's Three more. Okay. I didn't like what Jack Hetherington did today. Oh, yeah. Okay, have you got a sound for milking moo or something? Or <laughs> you got a moo cow? Because this is like we're, we are now, we're going, into, we're going into English Premier League territory. Mm. Is our sport really going to go down this path of players milking for penalties? I hate the look of it. Everyone hates the look of it. They had a gentleman's agreement in origin, I believe, and, mm. and, and nothing happened really, did it? That, they held their... End of the bargain. Mm. But uh, I just can't – I can't stand the side of it, right? That's why Dane Laurie got it last week, mm. this very award we're judging now. Yeah. But Jack, that was Academy Awards stuff. Yeah. Hetherington. Front rower. Put the pun- he's happy to dish the punishment out too, Jack. So oh, he's only been he's back a couple of weeks. It. He's not loving it when it's coming the other way. No, big, tough Jack. Hey, <laughs> And to, to honest, I didn't actually see that – Incident. I was watching and not watching and watching and not watching. It was laughable. It wasn't good. It wasn't okay. good. You're in, Jack. You're in. Okay. So we've got two. Two for Wood Duck of the Week. Cameron Munster. Okay. He's getting a bit kick-happy. Right. We saw what he did in Origin 1, Liam Martin. There was no real force there, but you're not allowed to kick people whether it's in their head or wherever, in their gonies, in their shins, you just can't do it. It's a no, 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 with a capital N-O, right? He's got history here now. 2018 grand final, I think he was even sin-binned. Mm. He kicked Joey Manu, I think it might have been. I think you're right, yeah. 
Yeah? Yep. A few years ago. And he's done it twice in what? Five, six, seven days? Mm. Come on, Cam. You're in. We will see. Now, Kobe Hetherington, Jason Hetherington's son, who's played his fourth NRL game at the weekend in Canberra, Broncos reserve hooker, comes on and makes a tackle. Unfortunately for Kobe, the player he is tackling has just been ankle tapped and he's heading towards the turf at a rate of knots. Mm. So poor old Kobe hasn't got time to adjust his technique or or position mm. uh, because you can't do that in point zero zero one of a second. And his shoulder makes contact with the head of Corey Harawira-Naira or Corey Harawira-Naira, as we now say. Uh, the referee sent him off, but the referee didn't point straight to the sidelines. The referee obviously had someone in his ear from the bunker because it wasn't an immediate send-off. So I can only assume that the voice in the ear of the referee was the bunker official, Matt Noyan. Mm. Matt Noyan, and you have every right of reply, if I'm getting any of these facts wrong, you can call us here, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or you can even send a, a letter of complaint to the management at SEN 1170 and to addressing it to this program, Higher Ground, and uh, your complaint concerning what Chris Warren said. If Matt Noyan was the bunker official, and if Matt Noyan did say to said referee, that player should be sent from the field, will you deserve to get our Wood Duck of the Week? Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. Yes, it is. Queensland everywhere. It hasn't been a great week for Queenslanders, sadly. Uh, we go back to State of Origin last Wednesday. Uh, Maroons were pumped. And then all three Queensland sides uh, in round 14 uh, were all beaten in the NRL. Time for us to talk to Stevie Renoff, who joins us most weeks uh, to talk all things north of the border. We do that for Deadly Choices, by the way. And Steve's an ambassador for Deadly Choices. Uh, that organisation aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards a healthier, happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily and eradicating uh, sugar, smokes and booze as well. Stevie, thanks for joining us, mate. You've been a bit crook, have you? Oh, yeah, mate. Got a bit of a bit of a head cold and that sort of stuff going on, but all good. Mate, You've got a bit of a squeaky mate. voice. You're, Queen, you're <laughs> Queenslanders. Eh? It hasn't been a good week for you. Um, no. how you. Now, I tried to get hold of you after Origin, but you sort of went MIA on me. You, you're back on deck, though. Yeah. Know? Yeah, mate. We went away for my, bir- my birthday last Tuesday. So um, we uh, we went away for a few days down to the Gearine Eco Lodge um, down at Stanthorpe. And, mate, it was beautiful, actually. Had a few good days there. and But, yeah, unfortunately, it was out of out of range. Never mind. Never mind. I thought you were hiding from me because uh, no. you didn't want to talk talk about origin. Let's 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 uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Fifty points yes. to six. Uh, hard for you uh, to sit there and watch that happen. The Blues were just so so good. But I mean, what can Queensland do um, heading into Origin two? What sort of advice would you be giving Paul Green, if any? 
Look, not not to panic, uh, to be honest. And I, I just think on the night, New South Wales, they were, they were just they played close to the perfect game of footy, especially at Origin level, and they they did everything right. And I think what they what they did uh, was did everything aggressively, you know, attack, um, defence, uh, hitting the line, and I, I think Queensland. I mean, Queensland peppered their line, but defensively they were so good. And I think the the breaking point came, um, you know, Queensland were peppering the line and they just couldn't get over. And Latrell Mitchell made that break um, out of his own sort of, you know, quarter there and, and made the break and everything sort of opened up from there on in. I, I did point out going into the match, my concern was that you had a couple of your, you know, your key players in, in Cam Munster and, and Harry Grant, both very much underdone, both hadn't played yeah. for almost a month or so. And you can probably get away with that in the NRL, but at origin level, any sort of deficiency in match fitness, it, it, it can be exposed and probably was. Yeah, Cam Munster, you know, at his own admission, uh, you know, didn't play his best and you know and that, that's 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 okay but but once again I'll, I'll go back to the fact that New South Wales played a really good game of rugby league and you can't take anything away from the way they played and look I think we'll get a different attitude and different team um, for the Brisbane match from the Queenslanders so you know I wouldn't be and New South Wales have learned in the past you know not to not to take things for granted because this this Queensland team is good enough to bounce back. I'm sure they are, and Suncorp's a different different beast altogether. You talk about a different attitude and, and maybe a different team. What sort of uh, team changes do, do you anticipate or, or would you maybe suggest? Well, maybe. I mean, look, I, I don't think it'd be too too different, really. I think I think obviously Carlin Ponga um, will be you know, openly you know, welcome back and, and also uh, Josh Papali, um, you know, so... I think those two will be back in. Uh, unfortunately, I think Cole Felt might might uh, lose his spot and Val Holmes uh, to go on the wing. Um, but yeah, the rest of the squad, I, I think you just stick with, to be honest, and um, we go from there. I, I, I really believe that. Um, you know, with with Josh and and Kalen, that that'll make a bit. Especially, I think with with uh, Kalen. Oh, not sorry, with um, Josh Papali. Um, you know, he he started back on the weekend pretty well as well, and. You know, we lost Christian Welsh pretty early. I think it was a big loss as well up the middle. No, no doubt about that. AJ Brimson, I'm not sure what the latest is on, on his fitness. And Kalen, I think, is is still racing the clock. So I don't know what the latest, yeah, yeah. Is, what the latest is with him. Uh, there has been some suggestions to bring this rookie, Reese Walsh, in. Uh, any thoughts on that? I, look, I, I don't see why not. I mean, the kid's really accelerated, um, you know, with his time... Uh, you know, with the Warriors, so he's he shown a lot of maturity, and you know, I, I remember uh, that happening with Kalen Ponga, and Kalen Ponga when he debuted for Queensland, he had an absolute blinder. So, you know, you, you can't beat a bit of enthusiasm and a young kid that'll have a go, and he, he he's got a, a lot more maturity around him than than what his age is. Let's have a quick chat about NRL over the weekend, and as I as I pointed out earlier, not not great for the Queensland sides, all three of them losing Cowboys being absolutely towed up by Manly. I know you didn't see all of uh, all the matches because you were uh, in bed with man flu, but uh, uh, oh, worrying signs for Cowboys to have Manly minus Turbo put 50 on them. Yeah, I know. And they got out to that 12-point 12, 12 lead as well. And um, look, that, that just, you know, 
just went searching. I mean, I don't know what happened there. They, they had the perfect start and, um, you know, to, to, to let that go, but then to get pumped. And there was only certain periods of that game where uh, they just laid on all those tries. And as you say, they, they were missing certain players, but um, just shows where Manly's at. Um, you know, they that you know, at a slow start of the season, and then obviously getting Tommy back, but they, you know, quickly they've they've morphed into this team that we know they are, and Desi Hasler's got them in a good spot. Your boys, Brisbane, I think they've lost now 17 of their past 18 games away from home. Uh, Canberra far too good for them. Uh, one of the the slub, subplots to that story was the return of Carmichael Hunt. Don't know if you saw much of that match. What did you make of of Carmichael's input? Yeah, look, it, it was okay. He did what he had to do, but look, we we we, we definitely just we just got pumped in defence. Our defence was just too soft, and you know we got opened up a couple of times. Um, I think it was on our left side defence, but then you know then we got you know, a few times we got carved up in the middle, and it's just not acceptable. You know, there's really this. It's it's still going to that mind game. I mean, um, look, you know that. They sort of, you know, hit back here and there, but you know, Canberra were dominant, and they just, you know, too many points. And the, the thing is, we we were we just we just got opened up in def- defensively. There was some really soft defence that really needs to be fixed up. The Titans. Now that was a crazy game, and again, I don't know how, <laughs> how much of it you saw. Roosters led yeah, 30, 30 points to four, I think. But we're seeing this in in uh, quite regularly each round. There are real momentum swings and points swings. Um, so you're down 30 to, to four, but they, they managed to come back largely because they piled on three trials while the Roosters had a player in the bin. And that's, um, I guess that's another aspect that we're becoming more used to because it's happening more often than not. Um, cracking game, though, in the end, uh, edge of the seat stuff. Yeah, it was, you know. And, but once again, they've just left too many points in early. I mean, the, the Titans, you know, I mean... You know, they can get away to a good start and pull points, but then they let the heat back and it, it sort of goes, you know, twos and fros for them. It's, it, it's unfortunate for them. And, um, you know, I'm sure the coach would be pretty frustrated with that because, you look, they they just... But in this game, they just let too many points out early. I mean, they, they crawled their way back. And I, I think they're... You know, that's going to happen with that rule change. And, look, once again, I don't have a problem uh, with the head... head um, you know, hit uh, rule, um, but it's just the way it's judged, and and the final decision made by the by the by the referees that that, that can really grill a game, and whether or not, um, you know, I mean, you look at what happened with the young club for the Broncos now, that that was an accident. I know it had no bearing on the game, Kobe, um, yeah. but you know, yeah, so it, it just um, that that was accidental. Um, to be honest, but he, he got sent off, unfortunately. But we've seen a few of them. But I, I just think they've got to make the right decision. They've got to look a bit harder at exactly what's going on in that tackle. Um, because I can tell you now, a lot of the blokes uh, will be obviously very, very aware of it. Uh, but sometimes it, it does just happen, and we've just got to sort that, that side out. No, clearly they made a blue, and uh, I think the fact that Kobe... Uh, escaped any suspension and was slapped with a, a minor fine uh, is almost an admission of guilt from the NRL that they stuffed, mm. they stuffed that one up. But um, you'd hate yeah. you'd hate something like that to happen in a grand final, wouldn't you? Well, that's a thing, and you know it, that's once again. And I'll put it back on, on the the you know the officials. I mean, the referees need to sort that out very quickly on the field. And you know they've been given this 
um, you know, this direction to go in. Look, and as I said, I agree totally with it. But it then comes back to what they see and what they they make of that on the in the on the in actual game situation. And you know, it's not hard to figure out, especially with that that Brisbane one. That that was totally accidental. All right, mate. Well, round fifteen, uh, it might be better luck for you, Queenslanders. All three of the uh, Queensland teams are at home. The Titans are at home to Manly on Sunday. Cowboys at home to the Sharks on Friday. And your boys, Brisbane, uh, at home to South Sydney at Suncorp on Thursday. So that pits a couple of your old mates up against each other in Kevy up against yeah. Wayno. Yeah, it does. And, and if, a few ex-Broncos there in the mix as well down down with the Rabbits. And that that's always a, a big one, you know. And there'll be a lot in this. And look, the boys will be... They'll be up for it. I, I think um, you'll see... Uh, a bit different team, uh, attitude-wise. Uh, you know, this is always personal, and the players, you know, they're playing against some of their old teammates. And I think, um, you know, we'll see, a, hopefully see a better account from Brisbane, um, you know, on Thursday night. All right, buddy, I'll leave it there. I really, again, appreciate you joining us. I know you're not feeling 100%, but... Uh, That's all right, mate. All good. Up and about, up and about, and good luck in Origin too. Yeah, yeah, I don't really mean that, but uh, all the best. With, uh, <laughs> all the best this weekend for you Queensland teams. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, yeah, mate. Good, mate. There he is, Stevie Renoff, and he, uh, he does that each and every week. Very kind of him, uh, courtesy of Deadly Choices. Coming up to 12 minutes to 11 o'clock. We're here until midnight. I do like Elton John. I love Elton John. And I particularly like Rocket Man as well. Rocket Man, if you didn't know, it's the award we give away here on Higher Ground. It's our equivalent, or it's better than, it's bigger than the Dally M's. Um, it's bigger than any awards, really. Uh, it's the Rocket Man Awards. Three, two, and one. We give out each and every week. Three, two, and one. Uh, to the three players we believe. Um, have influenced or uh, matched the most over the weekend. Uh, the best players, basically, from the weekend. Three, two, and one, but not for every game. It's just across the round. And uh, Rocketman, as I said, Elton John will be, we believe. Uh, well, he has indicated through his representatives, uh, his agent, he has indicated a desire to come out here to Oz uh, once COVID settles down and uh, come here into the Higher Ground studio here at SEN 1170 and uh, hand deliver uh, the Rocket Man for 2021, the award. What is the award again? Elton with his... Bronze statue of Elton. With his steedens, with his balls. <laughs> yes. Elton holding... One under each arm. Yeah, right? Elton holding his two balls. Uh, bronze statue of Elton holding his two balls, and uh, that will go to the winner and of Rocket Man. So it's a very small studio here. So there'll be me... Uh, Mad Russian over there, Elton coming in, and then there'll be the recipient. So it's going to be even. You know, it's going to be quite tight. It's a bit, yeah, about all the people you can fit in this studio. Quite tight, but you, me, Elton, and the winner will have a nice little yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It'd be huh? nice. Yeah. For the show. Intimate little soiree. Mm. So uh, thank you to those that have sent texts through uh, nominating uh, Rocket Man points uh, for the weekend. A few uh, that have come in and they haven't won, they haven't taken a point. But uh, mentions for Ruben Garrick. Uh, Dave from Narrabeen says Ruben Garrick. Well, I was at the game. He had a great game, Ruben Garrick. Didn't he? Manly winger. And that length of the field try. In fact, 
Do you know, Ruben Garrick was almost going into, for me, uh, Wood Duck of the Week nominees. Oh. What yeah. did he do? Well, he scored a length of the field try, right? And then he went and attempted to convert it from the sideline. Surely he should have given just that give job up. to someone yeah. else. Yeah. He was just he was trying to regather they're his very breath. stoic with that, aren't they? they they're not... Oh, you know, you don't give it up. Change. Anyway, no, he had a really good game. Best game he's had for for a while, Ruben Garrick. Mate, he's a he's a he's a good player. He's a good looking rooster. Yeah, he's too. He's attractive. Mm. If I was a chickie, mm. if I was a single girl. We'll have to get NRL roast on the Facebook page. They did that. They What's did that? the the hottest hundred of in the, the off season. The hottest hundred. There of wouldn't the be a hundred of them. I, there oh. wouldn't be a hundred of them. Yeah, exactly. There's some There's about ten <laughs> that are good looking roosters. But um uh, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh is good well, looking. He was, Kalen see, Ponga he is a good the, sort. But Kalen Ponga was the Ruben Garrick's a good sort. Mm-hmm. I can I can see an appeal in Mitchell Moses. Yeah. 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 No. Um, I think Harry Grant's a good looking rooster. I, I think Cam Murray is far and away. Mm. I think he's. Yeah, we shouldn't. Throw, I, yes. We shouldn't be talking about this, really. You and I. Uh, the our lady, our lady listeners should call in. And who is the best looking rooster? Uh, NRL player uh, running around. Anyway, we can have an award for that, uh, the male model of Mudgy Award another time. This is about the Rocketman Awards. I've lost my train of thought. Uh, Sean Johnson from the Sharks. He kicked the winning drop goal to beat Penrith. He has been nominated. Uh, Dave from Coogee, thank you. But Sean does not come up with uh, any points. Uh, Alex Johnston from South Sydney scored a hat-trick, second hat-trick in as many weeks, seventh career hat-trick, helping uh, South Sydney to a win over Newcastle. Pretty crappy game, I reckon. Mm. But um, although he scored a hat-trick, does not get a point. Mm. But thank you for nominating him. No name on that. Is there a no name, no name on that uh, text? Ken Mamalo. Well, isn't that just beautiful yes. that he scores all three tries for the Warriors, albeit in a beaten team. Mm. They only scored three. It's his last game, 106th and final appearance for the club before leaving to join West Tigers, and he should come up with a hat-trick. Good signing. Good signing. uh, Yeah, really good signing. But uh, does not come up with a point. Jordan from Warrywood. Thank you. And uh, I know who that is, Jordan. He's a Kiwi himself. (laughs) Thank you. But Ken doesn't get a point. And Jake Avarillo, nomination for him today. Really good game for Canterbury. Did Canterbury win without him? Mm, Maybe not. Well, probably would have, actually. The Dragons are pretty average. No? He scored two tries, kicked a few goals. Would have been a lot, lot closer. Jake Avarillo uh, for Canterbury. But no, you have not come up with a point. Have you got any nominations for Rocketman over there? Or are you leaving it to me this week? You you took it by the scruff of the neck this week. Okay. Well, can you give us an update on the ladder as of last week? Ladder please? last week. Tom Trebojevic, 11 points. Uh, we need Sam to play, some, need to play and some music under this next James week. James yeah. Tedesco, five points. Clint Gutherson, the big mover last week. He got two points. He doubled his tallies up to four, tied with Nathan Cleary. And then Pappenhausen, RTS, Joseph Manu, and Matt Dufty, who claimed the three points last week all on three. RTS. So RTS was on the end of Munster's boot. Mm. Wasn't he? Yes. Sir. Um, recap again the, the the gap at the top. Turbo at the top on nine. Six points ahead of Sam Walker and James Tedesco. Six points. Turbo is six points mm. ahead of Tedesco and Sam Walker. Two wins ahead. Wow. Good effort. That is almost unassailable, the lead Turbo has got. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you this week. Turbo, Tom Trebojevic, 
did not get a point. He didn't play. Mm. One point goes to Melbourne hooker Harry Grant. Ooh. Okay. You No, you got a problem with that? Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Good. <laughs> Two points goes to a player who was instrumental in beating the team, actually, that your girlfriend supports, mm-hmm. Mitchell Moses. Uh, yes. And three points, all three points, from Rocketman this weekend. Not sure if he's even polled any points as yet, but again, three points. This week's Rocketman go to Daily Cherry Evans. Gonna be a long, long time. <laughs> Come on, Elton. I'm, where's Elton now? I'm just gonna say quickly. This is mm. turning into a manly love fit, and you're a Parramatta supporter. Talk Let me boy, tell bitch. you, my dear friend over there, this has got nothing to do with me having any love affair with Manly. Mm. Okay, I just, I just almost crucified the food and beverage no, manager that's very at Brookvale. <laughs> that's very true. Okay, I ran the risk of ruining. Any sort of friendship I have with Stephen Humphrey is the boss of Manly. And also maybe uh, soiling uh, the relationship I may still have with Wayne Cousins, the media manager at Manly. So I've, I've run the risk of, of doing that, damaging my own reputation. This has got nothing about, to do with my love affair with Manly. I am a Parramatta boy at heart. But Daily Cherry Evans, I am O because I was at the game... It was hillside robbery at Brookvale. He was outstanding. Joseph Sawali, too big, too strong. And the teenage prodigy has stood up. Burton chases the ball, gets a kind bounce. He's chased, but Matt Burton turns his first NRL try into a second. Walker kicking for Walsh and scores the try. Set play, Walsh was charging onto it. Terrific kick from Sam Walker. Yeah, welcome to Breeding Ground. This uh, section of the program, we focus on sort of the grassroots or the, the second or third tier competitions in New South Wales Cup. Uh, today, uh, Mounties uh, defeated the Dragons, 26 points to 16. And Mounties coach Mick Potter is on the line, I believe. Mick, you must be, uh, what, still driving home from, from, uh, from the game? Yeah, I am, yeah. I, I stayed and watched the main game. It was, uh, it was a, good, a good double for us today. We'll talk about the main game in in, in a moment. Uh, your boys, a good win for them, and that takes you what uh, up the ladder about three places, I'd say. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not too worried about that at the moment, but but yeah, every win just just edges your head a little bit. I spoke to you before um, uh, last week or the week before about having you know, having NRL players come back in and then they go back uh, back to Trent. Um, you had a a couple of pretty experienced halves there uh, in Lachlan Lewis and Kyle Flanagan uh, there for you today. How are they travelling? Yeah, they both went well. Um, I wasn't sure how uh, Lachlan was, was going to go, but uh, just given his injury, he had a bit of a rib injury, but, but he was good. And, and Kyle 
they both combined very well. I was, I was really happy with both of them. And both of those guys, obviously, and particularly Kyle, um, you know, joining the club, it was uh, pretty much a high-profile signing, and he was, I guess, demoted a few weeks ago. Both of them, I imagine, uh, are busting to get back into the top team. Yeah, and, and the way to the way to do that is, is to perform well week in week out, and just uh, they've made a good start uh, today with the team winning and and also them performing personally well. I think just stands them in good stead, and, and it's it's great that the first grade won as well, which again probably holds them back a week or so. But but um, but yeah, it, so long as they so long as they're performing well and, and doing the right thing for us, they'll uh, they'll eventually get back there. Mate, the high tackle crackdown, it's obvious it's filtering down to uh, to reserve grade or New South Wales Cup as well. So you had a couple of boys sent to the bin, didn't you? Uh, Offahiki Ogden and, and Billy Burns. They were, they both were binned within four minutes of each other. That must have made things difficult. Yeah, oh, well, it was difficult for both teams. And, you know, I, I'm, you know it, was, it was pretty nondescript, those, those, couple, of, those couple of knocks. And, yeah... It, it's a bit, it's a bit tough. I thought, you know, penalty at most, but and maybe put on report to have a look at them later. But, but they, they, they looked at live and then looking at the screen, that there didn't seem to be much in both of those. So, uh, but yeah, I understand that what what the league's doing and you know for the right reasons. So we just we just toe the line. That's all you can do. All you can do. Talking to uh, Mounties coach Mick Potter here after a good win today uh, in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, I know you, you've spoken before, and you're not really looking at the table and where you are. Um, what's next for you, boys? What's happening this weekend? Uh, next weekend we've got Parramatta over at Bank West, so that'll be a, that'll be a, a real challenge for us. So we uh, we just pipped them last time when we played them, so it, it'll be a tight contest, I would imagine. And, um, I think they've got most of their contingent uh, this this week, so uh, it'll that'll be a strong, it'll be a good match, and we'll know where we're at really when we play them because I think they've performed fairly consistently all year. So and we've been a little bit up and down, so we've got to find that sort of consistency that they've got. Well, first grade, I mean, Trent's team, it's been uh, more down than up. Uh, a good win today, though, that will really boost the spirits around the club. And I, and I know for you, this is a you know, it's a club mentality. It's not reserve grade in first grade. So a double for you boys today. Um, Trent's boys winning 28-6 over the Dragons. Uh, you're part of that. I mean, you're part of the club, a big part of the club. Um, it must be good to see things maybe slowly turning around. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm sure there's 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 going to be some tough tough games coming up, and you know just. Just winning this particular game is, is not everything, but you take it you know, this week as it was, and it was it was a great it was a great great win for, for Canterbury this week. I was I was really happy to see to see the game unfold the way it did, and and they earned it. It wasn't just a fluke; they earned, they earned it, and it was a good justified win for us. Uh, mate, Steve Hansen, he's been, uh, you know, as part of his consultancy role, I believe he was there at that match today. Have, have you bumped into him or had much to do with him? And, and what, sort of a, what sort of an influence um, can you see him having on the club? Well, I, I, I've, I've had a, just a couple of quick chats with him just in passing. So, so for me, uh, I, I, um, I, I haven't had an insight into, into what's, what, uh, what input he's having into the 
into the club and into the team. So, but but obviously just just with the way they performed and and him being around, I think it is making it a bit of a difference for the club. And and every little every little thing that the club or that that Trent can do to to make the club better, I think he's trying. And, mate, just back on your team, finally, Mick. Um, again, a good win today. A- any other names that you, you, we, we should be looking out for that, that are knocking on the door for, for pushing into first grade, other than those that, that we sort of already know? Uh, no. <laughs> if, I, if I say someone, I'll miss someone else out, and it's, it's probably unjustified. There's, there's a couple there, so mm. just... Uh, if you're at Bankwest Stadium... This next weekend, there'll, there'll be there'll be some good young guys to, to have a look at, and uh, they're um, I, I yeah I'd like not to name anyone, but but uh, there are there are some young full-time players, but there are some young part-time players that that are aspiring to be NRL players, and and they're all very capable. So there, there's no one that I'd that I'd put over someone else at this stage. All right, well handled, Potsy. Uh, I throw you a hand grenade there. I I, I like the way you've. <laughs> I like the way you just cushioned the blow. I appreciate you joining us, mate, on, on higher ground, and uh, we'll chat again soon and drive safely, and, and good luck next weekend. Good on you, Chris. All right, mate. Talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. There he is, Bye, Mick, Mick Potter. Mick Potter, great fella, uh, coaching Mounties these days in the New South Wales Cup, and a really good win for his team today, beating the Dragons 26 points to 16. Well, Canberra Raiders, they're back in the winner's circle, aren't they? A good win uh, over the weekend in uh, in Canberra against Brisbane Broncos. And they've had their problems on and off the field, Canberra. There's uh, time, yes, you would say is running out for them to turn the corner. But like they did last year, they strung a number of wins together at the back end and uh, went all the way, uh, one game short of the grand final. I caught up uh, on Sunday, NRL match day, uh, with winger turned fullback Bailey Simonson. No, nah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Mate, our pleasure, our pleasure. Hey, um, waking up after a victory, you haven't done it too often in the last couple of months. How's the vibe in the camp? Yeah, no, obviously a um, bit of a slow start to the year for us and like you said, haven't had too many wins, but um, obviously it was great to get a win last night and uh, yeah, camp, the boys were really happy and um, stoked with the win. I bet you are. I bet you are. And we'll talk more about it in a moment. There's a couple of imp- important issues I want to discuss with you first, Bailey, right? And it concerns pronunciations of a couple of your teammates, okay? So you're playing fullback last night in for Caleb Akins, but he, of course, was in for Sean's Nickel Klukstar. Now, Sean's <laughs> changed the pronunciation of his name this year. So it was uh, Sean's Nickel Klukstar. Now it's Klukstar. Uh, it was Klukstar. dad. Now it's Klukstar, right? Have yeah, you, have yeah. You, you got you've got your head around that, correct? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really know to be honest. He just um, this year from the first game it was um, being pronounced differently to last the last couple <laughs> of years. But um, yeah, I guess that's just something that he's sort of um, wanted to do for himself and his family and getting the right pronunciation. So yeah, fair play, cool. fair play. So yeah, we exactly. we as commentators and in the media, we've got to get our act together and make sure we call him by the correct name. Another player last night, and he copped a knock to the head, is Corey, well, used to be called Harawira Naira. Am I right in, in saying he has also asked to be called, uh, pronounced differently? Yeah, uh, I, actually, I actually don't know what, what Corey, what he asked for. Okay, um, that's all right. You, you're you being honest. You're yeah. being honest. You've been stumped as well. Harawira Nida. So it's, the, the R it must is a D, I believe. So 
We've got to adjust yeah, to that. That's just the Maori pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Righto. Yeah. Let's uh, get rid of that. Let's talk some serious stuff now, uh, Bailey. Playing at fullback, it's not a uh, position you would normally play, but you handled yourself really well last night. Did you feel comfortable back there? Yeah, mate, I felt really comfortable. Um, growing up my whole life, played rugby union, rugby league, always um, played fullback and a bit more on the ball growing up. So it wasn't, I haven't played uh, too many top flight games there, but as I said, growing up, I've always sort of played, played there. So it wasn't really too new to me. And I, yeah, I really enjoyed it, mate. It was um, it was great to sort of get a bit more involved and, yeah, I had a good time. Mm. Caleb, so he was out. Is he uh, injured or suspended? Who's that, sorry? Caleb Aikens. He injured or suspended? No, no, he was he was playing in the New South Wales Cup game. So okay. Just a few changes to the side, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. And Sean's then said so that's a season-long injury. Has he been ruled out for the season? Yeah, chances. Um, he's had his surgery uh, a few weeks ago and he's he's on the men, so... Um, look, we'd, we'd love to have him back this year. I think it's just going to depend on how quickly he can recover from the uh, surgery. But fingers crossed, he's, he's back as soon as possible. Mm. And what about Jared Croker? How 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 long are we expecting him out? Yeah, mate, he's. Um, I'm not too sure. You'd have to ask the physios mm. mm. and the rehab staff there. It's, I think it's a, uh, there's a few things he's sort of um, trying to overcome. But um, I don't think he's too far away and, and will definitely be... Um, be raring to go with him in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you've got a couple to come back. Let's uh, Fingers crossed that, that Chance can get back as well for, for some games this season. But all in all, mate, I mean, uh, with the problems you've had and, and obviously George leaving, etc., it's still a really strong lineup, isn't it? And particularly with with a strong bench as well. Yeah, mate, we've got um we've got a great um, great, great squad overall. One to thirty-five, I think it is in the whole squad. So we're confident in anyone being able to come up and and do the job. Um, yeah, so we've definitely we don't lack any belief. You know, we're confident in what we can do as a team when we get it right. So mm. yeah, we're looking looking to bounce off last night and, and roll into the back half of the year. And what about having Josh Papali'i back in in the team? Gee, he makes a difference. Yeah, just that go forward in the middle of the park. He's obviously um, a big game player and and someone we really. Um, we really miss when we don't have him out there, so it was great to have him there last night. Mm. I reckon Queensland will be happy he's back on deck too because they could do all with all the help that they they can get for Origin too. I was impressed with a couple of players. Sam Williams, he's uh, you know he's been around for quite a while, but he continues to do a very good job uh, in the halves. Sam, yeah, he's an experienced player, mate. He's he's been around for a long time and. Um, he's someone you know that's going to come in and, and do a really good job for you. So uh, we're very lucky to, to have Sammy there to step in and, and do a great job for us. And as you said, he's been great the last uh, few weeks. I read this morning that Ricky uh, Ricky was saying, you, know, you you got a bit of your mojo back, not you personally, but the team last night. You've been through a you know a tough couple of months. Um, you had lost seven of eight matches leading into last night's game against the Broncos. Are you still you still focused and fixed on trying to make the finals? Obviously, you, you are. Are you? I mean, it, it's it's, it's going to take a, a fair effort to do that, though. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. We're not we're not playing to to not make the finals. You know, everyone's trying to make the finals, so we're we're turning up every day, um, every week, working our hardest to to work towards getting back in that top eight. And um, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in us being able to do that. Uh, we just take it week by week, uh, day by day, and and. Like I said before, we've got a lot of belief in, in this squad and we know once we get it right, we'll, we'll be a tough team to beat. So it's just about um, nailing our processes and doing what we do well and um, 
yeah, hopefully come the end of the year we're, we're there in the mix. Mm. You know, you, you're a team that if you do get your, your, your house in order and things start to click again, uh, if you do slide into the finals in the, in the bottom of the top eight, you're one team that I think can trouble some of the big guns if you're on. You know what I mean? If you're on. Things haven't been great for you, but it just takes me back to last year, and I, I did my numbers. Um, as I just said, you had lost seven of eight leading into last night's round 14 game. After round 14 last year, you guys actually strung together eight wins from nine games and went all the way to the preliminary final. So maybe there's a bit of a similarity happening this year. Yeah, look, um, I, I wouldn't try and compare last year to this year, but I guess what you can take away from that is that once we do get it right, like you said, we, we are quite a tough team to beat. So it's just about doing what we do well, like I said, and, and controlling what we can uh, control. And, yeah, we've, we've got belief in this team. We've got a great coaching staff, a great group of boys. So, yeah, hopefully we can build off last night and, and really spring into the back of the year and, and like you said, try to put some, some wins together and, and, and be in the hunt come the end of the year. Mm. Mate, tell me a bit about yourself, your background. You've been in you know, the top grade for a few years now. Where, where did you hail from? Um, what, do you, what do you like away from football? Yeah, so I've... I had my first year in 2019, and um, before that, I was playing rugby um, in New Zealand. I'm, mm. I'm originally born and born in Sydney, and and grew up in Sydney, and then spent some time in New Zealand playing rugby. Um, yeah, away from footy, I don't do too much. Just try and hang out with the boys, and we play a bit of golf down here. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of boys down in Canberra that aren't from Canberra, so we've got a pretty tight knit bunch of boys here, and it definitely helps away from footy you know we get together a lot and um some good company and, and a good bunch of boys so yeah not 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 do, don't do too much away from footy mate just try to um hang up with the boys and, and spend time with family and friends just i guess the cliches but yeah you go all right in the golf course Nah, useless. <laughs> at least you're honest. I, I, I hit the driving yeah. range yesterday with my two little kids, and I haven't, I haven't hit a ball for six months. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not very good myself. Who, who's the best? Yeah. Who's the best golfer out of your teammates? Who hits them the best? Oh, I hate to say it because he probably make his head even bigger. But yeah. I'll, I'll give it to Raps. He's, he hits a good golf ball, rapper. So yeah, it'd have to be him. Right. Who? Jordan. Jordan oh, Ruffin. sorry, Raps. 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 Yeah, uh, he, he yeah. goes good, does yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he hits quite a good golf ball, so he'd love to tell you too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, I appreciate you jumping on the line. I really do. Also, before you go, though, uh, one player who really impresses me when he comes into this into the side, um, and you know, filling in at centre, Matt Tomoko. My goodness, he's a he's a strong player. Yeah, he's he's got a big future ahead of him, mate. He's a he's a good young kid, and like you said, and you could see last night, he's just an absolute powerhouse um, out in the centres there. So. You know, I'm excited to see what he can do with, uh, you know, more game time. He's, he's going to be a good player. All right, mate. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, Dragons, Wollongong, Saturday. Well, that's pretty close to a home game for you, boys. Yeah, not too far down the road. So we'll, we'll head up there on um, Friday, I think. And, yeah, hopefully we can get another good result um, up in Wollongong. Perfect. Mate, well, I hope you can string a few wins together, Bailey. Um, I really like Ricky. Good fella. And... Um, it's been a tough couple of months, as I've said a few times, but if you can string a few together, I reckon you will slide into the top eight, and then who knows? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, mate, and uh, thank you for having me. All right, mate. No, no, thank you for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, mate. You too, tough.
Well, that just about wraps up the show tonight. Thanks to everyone who sent a text in and those who have jumped on the open line as well. To my special guests this evening, uh, to Greg McCallum, uh, Steve Renoff and uh, Mounties coach Mick Potter. Thank you for making your contribution. And uh, our Rocketman winner for this week, he got three points. Daly Cherry Evans of Manly, uh, backing up from a big loss uh, in Origin 1, guided Manly to a huge win over North Queensland Cowboys. So, Daly, you have taken out the three points of this week's Rocketman. Plenty coming up and to look forward to on SEN 1170. Now, we're back from uh, 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. That's for higher ground. Thursday night, you can hear the Broncos take on the Rabbitohs on 1170 SEM. On Friday, you'll hear the Cowboys up against the Sharks uh, before I'm back with you uh, with higher ground on Friday from nine. Until Wednesday, take care. Goodbye.